0: Our first uh, scripture reading is from the book of 2 Kings. It's the second chapter, and I'll be reading verses 1 through 15. It's the first time I've ever preached on 2 Kings. It's a little bit of the story of Elijah and Elisha. You have the words in your bulletin. They'll also be on the screen. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? He said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here. for The Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, He grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our uh, second scripture reading is also from the book of 2 Kings. I'm going to continue the story that I started. This uh, passage is much shorter. It's uh, 2 Kings 2, just 13 through 15. He, and that means Elisha, picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other. And Elisha went over. When the company of prophets who were at Jericho saw him at a distance, they declared the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. They came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to yes. God. Well, back when I was in uh, seminary, which is the time about Noah and the flood, I was uh, serving as a youth director at a Presbyterian church in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. And I don't think I will ever forget the first time that I had a chance to preach from the pulpit. Now, It's about as nervous as you can be, especially if you've ever gone for your driving test for the first time. But I was really nervous having preached in the pulpit for the first time. And and I thought after it was over that had gone pretty well, both the sermon and the service. Well, afterwards, one lady approached me. And and this was a longtime member whose job it is to encourage young ministers. And we, we thank the Lord for these kinds of people in our churches But she came up to me as she was leaving, as you shake hands with people going out the door, she says, John, you are very gifted. Well, I don't need to tell you that I gushed and I turned the many colors of the rainbow and I sort of shuffled my feet and tried to look humble. And then she said, no, 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 don't misunderstand me. I didn't say you have any talent. (laughs) I said you have been gifted for the ministry of preaching. The purpose of the church is to get people up off the ground. Uh, Flying solo is not a value that is celebrated in the church of Jesus Christ. Faith is imparted and then it is received through relationships. I think we've seen that in our young people this morning. And we find this over and over and over in the Bible. Lots of examples. Uh, Joshua's lessons arrived via uh, his association with Moses. Uh, Ruth, if you heard me uh, preach on Mother's Day, clung to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Uh, Mary's problem pregnancy was helped through the encouragement of Anne Elizabeth. And there's lots of other examples, but today we're talking about Elisha being mentored by Elijah. Now, just in case you didn't know, the word mentor is from Homer's The Odyssey. Before embarking to the Trojan War, Elysius placed his son, Telemachus in the care of a wise old man whose name happened to be Mentor. And Mentor gave that young man a healthy dose of street smarts so that years later, he was able to stand beside his father and fight on behalf of his family. Well, before he ascended into the clouds, Elijah spent some time with a young man named Elisha before passing on the baton of faith to him. Now, by way of background, Elijah is the great prophet of the Old Testament. He built his resume on a very important day when he was on the top of Mount Carmel. Let me set the scene for you. It's sort of like the gunfight at the O.K. Corral. And Elijah, who's the Wyatt Earp of the Bible, says to the 450 prophets of Baal, let's have it out. You call on your God, I'll call on my God. The God who answers by fire is God. Well, the Prophets of Baal dance around the altar. They scream at the heavens. They even cut themselves with knives, but nothing happens. Elijah, on the other hand, drenches his sacrifice with gallons and gallons of water. Then he bows his head and he prays, Lord, show thyself to be God in Israel. And crack, lightning strikes that sacrifice, and it's all gone in a moment like a, with a sizzle. Sort of like when you throw water on a barbecue grill. Well, the people seize the prophets of Baal, they lead them down to the Valley of Kishon and they end their lives. Thus, a legend is born. Now, Elijah went on to do many great things, fighting against pagan idols, fighting against injustices against uh, the people of Israel. But after years of ministry, Elijah realizes that he needs to be a mentor and a friend. So enter Elisha. Elisha became a prophet in the Northern Kingdom of Israel. And Elisha was active in ministry for about 50 years. He was a man of wisdom. He was known for working miracles, serving the people of Israel as a nation, but also many individuals as well. But most importantly, he was a servant of Elijah, as God used Elijah as a mentor who was willing to invest in this young man named Elisha. And in a very touching language, which comes from 1 Kings 19. It says... Elijah passed by him, meaning Elisha, and threw his mantle over him, then he set out and followed Elijah and became his servant. See, I'm one of those who believes that God didn't design for us to be lone rangers, because if you think about it, even the lone ranger had Tonto. but God desires for us to live our lives with friends, people who will care about us, people who will walk with us, people who will encourage us in our lives of faith. And so you see, who we hang out with really does matter in life because the people who we hang out with are the ones who are willing to invest in our lives and it winds up making the biggest difference we could ever imagine. And so let me ask you a question. I want you to kind of mull over in your minds. Before you knew God, and that could be a long time ago, did God send an Elijah into your life? In other words, was there someone of noble character? Was there a faithful example that, that kind of called you out of the doldrums, out of mediocrity, into this brand-new, life-giving form of way? Like, like Elisha, we all need people around us, people who will guide us, people who will mold us, people who will shape us into people that God wants us to be. Bud Wilkinson's the old football coach from uh, Oklahoma, and he was once asked about the principles of coaching and he basically distilled his philosophy down to three things he said tell them what they need to know tell them what you told them and then tell them a thousand more times <laughs> but but that's you know there's a lot of truth in that there's this drumbeat uh of a repeated core message and and that can help people have success Early in the scripture reading, Elijah says, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. And he uses the same words about the cities of of Jericho and then then the Jordan. And and apparently, as you heard, Elisha gets the message because he says back to Elijah three times with the same words, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So part of successful mentoring, I think, is, is repetition. And that also requires patience, because guess what? They may not always get it right, and they may not always do it exactly as you would do it. So it's important that we mentor, and it's important that we start mentoring people when they're young. In a book of virtues, William Bennett says that it takes three things to build character in a child. First, he says it takes precepts, do's and don'ts. Don't hit your sister. Do eat your peas and carrots. There's the Ten Commandments. Those are precepts. Second, he says, are good habits. Aristotle once said the key to success is good habits formed when they are young. But William Bennett said this. He said the most, the most powerful influence in the life of a child is the power of quiet example. The power of quiet example. Because for a child to take morality seriously, that child has to live in the presence of of adults who take morality seriously which reminds me of my favorite all-time definition of a babysitter. A babysitter is a teenager who comes into a house and acts like an adult so that the adults can go out and act like teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the reality is children need to see adults acting like adults so that the character that is being taught can also be caught. So we need the inspiration of role models. Someone has said that mentors, and I love this, mentors are impression managers. Impression managers. That's why it's wonderful to hear Jesus' invitation to follow him. Because what that invitation means is that we're not trapped perpetually in this prison in which we can't move. We can start over. Becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ simply means that we relearn what it means to live as the son of God so that our thoughts and our words and our actions and our motives gradually become more like him each and every day of our lives. I'm really glad that God sent to Elisha, Elijah, as a friend. What's the most uh, a person needs when their life is falling apart? Is it a copy of one of my sermons? <laughs> I wish. It's, it's a flesh and blood Elijah. Someone who'll come over. Someone who'll put their arm around you. Someone who'll pray with you. Someone who'll spend some time with you. Someone who'll spend some quality and quantity time with you. Someone who'll love you and mentor you as a friend. We are recognizing our high school and college graduates today. And a reminder of the story at the time, a Solanco student and an LS student met at a coffee shop. And the Solanco student, student was carrying a, a backpack. And the LS student asked, what's that in your backpack? And the Solanco student said, I've got apples in my backpack. And the LS student said, well, if I can tell you how many apples you have in your backpack, will you give them to me? And the Solanco student said, if you can tell me how many apples I have in my backpack, I'll give you both of them. And so the LS student guessed five. <laughs> and the Solanco student said, You missed by two. So. <laughs> I've decided to be an equal opportunity offender today, okay? <laughs> Here's the point Are any of you carrying around a burden today? Are you feeling the pressures? weighing in on you don't try to go it alone don't try to do it by yourself go and get some help and that brings me to a video clip that i want to show you from the uh, business leader christian lecturer author named john maxwell this is a section of a lecture he gives on the law of significance It's the story of the bricklayer
1: of significance as I brought with you one of my favorite stories to read. It's the story of the bricklayer. Listen to it. A bricklayer tried to move about 500 pounds of bricks from the top of a four-story building to the sidewalk below. And the problem was, he tried to do it alone. This is his own story taken from his insurance claim form. (laughs) It would have taken too long to carry bricks down by hand, so I decided to put them in a barrel and lower them by a pulley, which I had fastened to the top of the building. After tying the rope securely at ground level, I then went up to the top of the building. I fastened the rope around the barrel, loaded it with bricks, swung it out over the sidewalk for the descent. Then I went down to the sidewalk and I untied the rope, holding it securely to guide the barrel down slowly. But since I weigh only 140 pounds, the 500 pound load jerked me from the ground so fast that I didn't have time to think of letting go of the rope. And as I passed between the second and third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This accounts for the bruises and the lacerations on my upper body. I held tightly to the rope until I reached the top where my hand became jammed in the pooling. This accounts for my broken thumb. At the same time, however, the barrel hit the sidewalk with a bang, and the bottom fell out. With the weight of the bricks gone, the barrel weighed only 40 pounds. I see the train coming <laughs> Thus, my 140-pound body began a swift descent, and I met the empty barrel coming up. This accounts for my broken ankle. <laughs> Slowed only slightly, I continued to the descent, and I landed on the pile of bricks. This accounts for my sprained back and broken collarbone at this point i love this statement i lost my presence of mind completely (laughs) that's debatable (laughs) i lost my presence of mind completely and i let go of the rope and the empty barrel came crashing down on me. This accounts for my head injuries. (laughs) And as for the last question on your insurance form, what would you do if the same situation arose again? (laughs) Please be advised that I am finished trying to do the job all by myself. (laughs) Now, this is what happens when you try to do the job alone. And the law of significance says,
0: So praise God for the Elijahs in our lives who uh, desire for us not to walk alone and and that they're there beside us to help us. So Elisha says uh, to Elijah, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. In in other words, I think Elisha recognized how how greatly the spirit of God was working inside of Elijah and, and he wanted the same thing for himself. And just so you're wondering, wow, double, that sounds greedy. It simply means he wanted to be a successor to Elijah as his firstborn son in regard to ministry. So think about this. Who is the Elisha in your life that you can perhaps pass down a double blessing of inheritance to? Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in your neighborhood. Maybe it's in your job. Maybe it's even someone here in this room today. The church really should be a place of encouragement. And there's a story, I may have told this story before, it's a story of of a church that really wanted to encourage their pastor who was experiencing a, a lengthy illness. And the church wanted to encourage their pastor through prayer, but they wanted to do it in a way so that the congregation would be aware of his medical condition. Now, you have to know this goes back to the days before there were texts and emails and any kind of social media. And so what they did was they wanted to uh, put on the sign that's in front of the church uh, every week the medical update of their pastor to let the congregation know how he was doing. Sounds like a great idea, right? Well, it got him into big trouble one time because one Sunday on on the marquee, on the the sign, at the sermon title said, God is good. And then right underneath it said, our pastor is better. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe encouraging your pastor a little too much. It is a wonderful feeling to be guided along by someone who has that Elijah gift of x-ray vision who sees into the possibilities of others. I think about this uh, church's uh, 300-plus year history and all the great victories that you've had along the way. And it's the many who owe so much to the few, the, the Elijahs who have worshiped here and served here and given their all here. You say, well, John, is it really that important? And my answer is yes, it is, if we believe that the church is the place where we are called to build people who then can reflect the character of Christ. And so I hope that uh, Chestnut-level Presbyterian can be a place for people who be models and friends and mentors to others. Why? Because our job is to get people up off the ground. So I'll close here with a poem that I came across this week. To be young is to study in schools you did not build. To be mature is to build schools in which you will probably never study. To be young is to swim in pools you did not dig. To be mature is to build pools in which you will probably never swim. To be young is to enjoy the branches and shade of trees you did not plant. To be mature is to plant trees whose branches and shade you will probably never get to enjoy. To be young is to dance to music you did not write. To be mature is to write music to which you will probably never dance. To be young is to enjoy the programs and benefits of a church you did not build. To be mature is to build churches whose programs and benefits will inspire generations to come. May it be so here for us at Chestnut Level Presbyterian Church. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Gracious God, as we pause in this time of prayer, we thank you for the guidance that comes from your word that places a premium on uh, not stuff or things, or material possessions or riches, but people. And we see the example of Jesus' life and how Jesus took the time to be with people. He laid down his life for people. And so, Lord, as his followers, may we too invest ourselves in the lives of the people you have placed before us. We, we thank you for the encouragers who have picked us up and walked with us when we've fallen down or found ourselves in some kind of crisis, those who gave generously of themselves and their resources, and out of a heart for you, and for some of us here in this room or watching, if it weren't for the mentors in our lives, we probably would not know you or be here in this room today Lord God help us to be Elijah's knowing that the encouragement that we give within your church is fortified by the very power of the Holy Spirit and Lord now we ask you to lead us as we in one voice and one faith together pray the prayer that Jesus taught us saying our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name